Babes. Yes. Apparently, I'm the truth. No, I, I said that by accident. <laughs> I was trying to say um, that is true, and I ended up saying you. I, I think I was trying to say either that is true or you are right, and I ended up saying you are true. <laughs> we are making baked potatoes this afternoon, uh -huh. and you wanted to know when to take out the butter, and I said, "Well, why don't we just put it on top of it once they come out of the oven? Because it'll be so hot that it'll it'll melt them if we give them like a couple of minutes." And I said, "Yeah, you're right." Yeah, and I I meant to say you're right, but I ended up saying you are true. Nice. We'll chop or them up true. a little bit. Yes. You were against. Doing baked potatoes with all the fictions. Fixins. Well, I, I, I just, as you say in the South. Fixins? Yeah. yeah fixins. Um, yeah, I, I didn't, I mean, I like bacon bits, but they're not real bacon. No. Um, which I don't know why they call them bacon bits because they're made of something else. Um, and I, I thought it would be kind of strange to have green onions on baked potatoes, but maybe next time I'll get them. Oh. And, or, um, or maybe I'll look for chives. And some blue cheese, and some peppermint, peppermint? and some gum. <laughs> no, I don't know. Ew. Then it yeah. would be a, a weird-tasting baked potato with peppermint on it. Yeah, I know. I thought that was a joke a little bit. And some chocolate. Oh, my gosh. No, it's gross. Yes. I was watching a YouTube video when we decided to take a nap before I fell asleep. Uh, yeah. Oh, you're resting your head on my shoulder. I am. Nice. And apparently, there was a real Chef Boyardee. Really? Yeah, and he died in 1985. Oh. I think they started putting out Chef Bar Boyardee products in the late 20s. Wow. I was partially asleep when I was watching this. Oh, that's interesting. But his granddaughter wrote a book, and it's on Bard. No, I'm Boy not on Bard, but on uh, Bookshare. Chef Boyardee. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because I used to eat them when I was, um, I used to eat, you know, SpaghettiOs from when I can remember. I don't, um, since I was a kid. So, um, and then, and then, uh, wow. So, so that's interesting. So was this guy from Italy or America or? He moved here and had his own restaurant. People liked his food so much that the wife and him started packing it up for them to take home. And eventually, oh. so like one of their patrons was an owner of a local um, store chain, mm -hmm. a grocery store chain. So, you know, that helped them get a start. And they eventually sold it in the 50s for like $6 million. But he stayed as a consultant until the late 70s. Oh, wow. Yeah. I never really liked Chef Boyardee, to be honest. Mm. I, I have a, I've had it a few times, yeah. but it didn't really impress me, even as a kid. I have to admit, when I was in my 20s and I didn't know what to eat, I would um, buy a, maybe about a, a couple cans of SpaghettiOs. <laughs> <laughs> but I liked it. That was... That's so cute. I'm my 20s. Oh, my... <laughs> Bob. What? What are you talking about? No, that was my imitation of you. I don't. I didn't sound like that. But okay, go ahead. Somebody else sounded like that. It wasn't me. Okay, what else? I can't hate too much. I had a lot of top ramen mm. in my early twenties before I learned how to cook. Yeah, I, yeah, I get it. And of course, in Hawaii, it's uh, called Simon. 
Uh, did you eat the kind in the bags, or did you eat the kind that came in those um, cup of uh, cup of noodles? Both. Both. Okay. I did that once in a while. And then it was like so much of it when I lived in L.A. Oh wow! That I went several years without having top ramen. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that. I think I've only had it twice. Let me see. I moved away from L.A. in January or sorry, December of 2004. I think I've had Top Ramen two or three times since then. Mm. Yeah. I knew this um, girl that um, I went to school with. Really nice girl. She was an exchange student from Vietnam. Mm -hmm. And... I remember, I, I do remember this very, very clearly when everybody was eating their own breakfast, um, in our cottage. Uh, she, she made herself some top ramen for breakfast. <laughs> wow. She did. And I was like, okay, that's different. I mean, I normally wouldn't eat top ramen for breakfast, but that's okay. It's different. Um, cause I was, you know, I was eating cereal, but, but she, she would, she would, she would, um, um, Put her her water on boil and <laughs> put the How was her English? In. It was pretty good. Yeah, it was, it was very good. She said that she learned English um, from listening to the radio. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. She said it. She um, she did well, and uh, she was really nice, nice girl. I wish I would have known more blind kids when I was on the come up. Mm. But I was kind of like in denial about my blindness, and I wanted to avoid it. Really? Yeah, and I had a shitty experience at a blindness summer camp in two thousand. Uh, Making my sense sound a lot uh, younger in nineteen ninety five. Oh wow! I went to this creative enrichment camp. It did not go well. Oh, yeah. was that your first camp ever that you went to? I went to one when I was a real little kid. That was like an overnight one, mm -hmm. but I don't really remember that one that well. Except oh. that I was there for the evening, and then I went back the next day. Okay. No, I went to two. Uh, but one wasn't specifically a blindness camp. Mm -hmm. I went to one in 1993, and there was this girl from my school that I was attracted to. Oh, is that the one that moved? Yeah. I remember you told, telling me about Because we went to the dance together, and we had a fun time, and we said we were going to stay in contact, and then she moved. And it was, was usually she... me doing the moving. Was she sighted? I think so. So, I remember with glasses, but I think that she just had, like, uh, low vision and needed them for that. But I, I don't think she was, like, officially blind. Mm. And she was in foster care, and she moved, uh, you know. And she, uh, you know, so uh, nothing ever happened. How did you find out that she moved? Because I had moved over the summer, but I had my mom contact the school that I used to go to. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe my mom just lied to me because my parents didn't like me having friends over that long of a period of time. My parents were weird. Yeah, they, yeah. My mom would have been fine with me, you know, dating, but she had issues with me having friends for too long. That is really odd. Yeah, that's really odd. But that's, that's, that's kind of strange that you moved a lot more than I did because, if anything, I should have been moving more than I did. So... I'm going to say something that my sister said. I can't remember if it, I've said it here. But she briefly moved back to Portland, my sister. And in 2017, 
we're hanging out and, and she's talking to me about mm-hmm. being a mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, my nephew was like two and a half at the time. And she's like, um, mm-hmm. you know, the more time I spend being a mom, the more I think about how shitty our mom was. And we both start laughing. And she's like, you know, we would move like at least once a year. And it's not like we'd go to different states or move to nicer neighborhoods. We would just go from one shitty neighborhood in the state to another shitty neighborhood. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Oh, wow. I know. Yeah. <laughs> So that's what happened there, Jay. But but it's interesting that you guys moved a lot more than I mean, we moved to military housing. Mm-hmm. Um, we you know, we my parents bought a townhouse at one time and uh we were living there for, for several years. But we also moved to uh military housing and we and usually military families are moving all over the place to different states or different countries, but we didn't have to do that. Because my dad had uh, job openings a lot. See, I would have rather have had that and gotten some experience in different areas than have just had it. We're moving in the middle of the night and there's no heads up before. Yeah, I know. I mean that that's horrible. I mean, I'm so I'm, that's why I'm really surprised that you guys were moving a lot more than I did because we didn't even move that much. Um, we were living in. Let's see. I think when I was a baby, which I don't remember this, but we lived um, where my mom and dad were living. And then we moved when my sister and I were born, uh, when we were like, a, I don't, I don't know how long after we were born, we moved in with um, our uh, friends of our, our parents. That's very generous of them. Yeah. Did yeah. they have kids of their own or what? The, the couple that we moved in with didn't have any kids. I don't think I'd let two people move in with their small kids because it was you and your sister. And then when my other sister was born, I think there was one time we moved in with our, our cousins, but I don't remember that, of course, because we were, we were really small. Mm-hmm. And then we, the, the earliest memory I remember is that we were living in Pearl Harbor and we were living in um, a military housing, and we lived next door to um, a family mm. that had uh, two girls that were older than us. And um, that was that was really cool because we had a place to go play if we needed, if our parents needed someone to um, babysit us, mm-hmm. their parents would take care of us for a few minutes or uh, an hour or so, and um, and then we got our new our townhouse, and then we moved to um, military housing and um, they rented, they, they had um, somebody rent our house and then we moved back a few years later. So we, we didn't have a lot of moving experience as far as um, moving from state to state. Cause that would have been really hard. And um, my dad was fortunate that he didn't have to. Nice. I would have loved to have moved around to, to different states or leave the country if I'm going to move anyway and right. not be able to keep friends. That's horrible. That yeah. really is. It's, but I mean, the, the, the good thing is that now you're getting in touch with, um, a lot of blind people now. I am. Yeah. But it, it was good to be around, uh, blind kids growing up and then later on sighted kids because mm-hmm. then I had the, the, um, Learned about both worlds. But it would have been nicer if it would have happened when I was a teenager. And 
I could have built long lasting relationships. Also, you know, when girls were a little bit more loose, I may have had more fun too. What? I'm telling you the truth, babes. Uh, I might have been fun boy. No, but it's hard to stable out when you were um, in your mid teens, right? Yeah, it did. Yeah. So you only went through that period for a, a not, I mean, you only went through that period for a few years. Well, I mean, from the time I was born until, I don't know, I was like 12. That's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. But it sounded like um, by the time you were 13 and your sister was a little bit older, it started to, um, it started to stable out then. To some extent. To some extent, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but that's just not good. That's really un unstable. I know. That's why my sister, is, I you know, said that she realized even more uh, how shitty our mom was when she became a parent. Because it's usually the opposite, right? Yeah. It's usually you have a kid and you're like, uh, oh, you know, I know my parents weren't the best, but I can really see now that they tried. <laughs> but not my sister's case. Yeah, I, I think it. I think it really depends on the person, though. Mm-hmm. I think it, it's not always that case where oh, they tried. It was, you know, sometimes it's like oh yeah, they were really bad. Exactly. Yeah. And I've already told you this that we so we think that my dad is still alive, mm-hmm. but not everybody's in contact with him. Mm-hmm. I'm not interested in. Like the deathbed apology. So if I find out that my dad's in the hospital, uh, you know, the rest of the family can do what they want to, but I'm not going to say goodbye. Um, and I'm also not going to the funeral, but I was thinking about this the other day and what kind of pushback am I going to get from my family? And I don't know that I'm going to get any, to be honest. Have you talked to any of them about it? No, and I keep telling myself that I'm going to. And by the way, I've been saying this for years and it just never comes up. I think you should. Mm. I think you should because maybe there's some things to get off your chest. And, um, you know, I think that's a way for you to get rid of that, some of that bitterness that you have in your, um, that you have. It's to tell my family, hey, I'm not going to see this guy if he's dying and don't expect me at the funeral. Well, I think you should at least ask them what you should do about it. No, I'm not going to ask them what I should do about it. I know what I should do about it. Well, there is one conflict, and I'll tell you this. Mm-hmm. My dad really likes to gaslight people. Mm-hmm. Let me give you an example. In 2017, his mom, who is my grandmother, died. Your, so, your grandmother, that, yeah. Uh-huh. And it was... Uh, she died the last, so I had my last kind of, uh, one night stand with the girl the day that after my grandmother went into the hospital and she died like the next morning. Oh no. Yeah. And you like, didn't know about that until you didn't no, know. No, no, was- I, I knew that she was in the hospital when I had that, that, and it was okay. a one day stand because that was the time I was coming. Oh yeah, that, that one. Yeah. And, um, I don't know if she just, you know, didn't know that I, w- I was with girls before this. And maybe when she was in the coma, she could, you know, see down and then she was like, I can go to heaven now. What? Oh, okay. Go on with the story. <laughs> okay. Bro. So the funeral happens and my dad doesn't show up. Mm. And I hear that his excuses, he didn't know how to get there because he didn't have access to a car. 
Take the bus. I know. I got there and I didn't have anybody pick me up. Exactly. But here's the deal. Yeah. My dad uh, loves to gaslight people. So here's my dilemma. Mm -hmm. If my family contacts me and says, you know, your dad's dying. He would really like it if you're here. Part of me just wants to write back and say no. And then another part of me wants to say, you know, tell him I'll be there tomorrow. Oh, my God. I can't believe this. And then just not show up. Because I know that that's something that he would do. Maybe you should show up and you're only there for a few minutes. I, I'm not going to show up. No, no, I'm serious. No, no. He, he, uh, just listen for a minute. That this is... Okay, go ahead. <laughs> what? Okay, don't. Listen, don't. listen, listen. I'm making you... Uh, I'm making you long. How, how did that hurt? My nails aren't long. I tried to tickle your armpit. No, but you, you kind of scratched me over How? Fill my nails. Uh, I'm short nail boy. Oh, my goodness. Give me a kiss real quick, and then I want to hear your poem. I think that if they tell you that your your dad's in the hospital, which I'm not sure how they would be able to find out and you know, until much later, um, how that would happen. Uh. But... If your dad was in the hospital uh, and he, if he wanted to see you, maybe all you, maybe all you would have to do is, um, uh, either send someone, uh, you know, give someone a message for you to, um, to pass on. Or maybe you just go there for a few minutes and said, okay, what do you want to say? I'm here. And then just leave. No. Why not? Why? Why do I care what he has to say at that point? Well, I mean, because I mean, I'm, here, here's here's my thing though. Go if ahead. you really wanted to get stuff off your chest, and you know, you may not say, you may you may not expect, um, he may not expect you to forgive him or whatever. But if you really wanted a chance to get everything off of your chest. Um, why not just say it and then say, you know what, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm going. Because if I do that, babes, what's going to end up happening is I'm going to start yelling and really get into some shit, like some stuff that you probably don't even know about. Right. Uh, I'm going to go deep, deep, deep. And I don't think my family would one, appreciate that. And two, if I just say, Hey, apologize to me. Well, my dad is a liar. Like, he lies all the time about stuff. And so just him saying, I'm sorry, I don't believe that. After, you know, because he never really, he never really um, made up for any of that. Yeah, so let me tell you another story about my dad. And we don't have to go down the Rick's dad rabbit hole. We're already here, but we don't have to stay here. Uh, I think it was like a year or two before I met you. My dad was in the hospital, right? Is that the one when he said he had cancer? No, no, no. That's a whole different story. And he, by the way, let's be clear. In fairness to him, he didn't, I don't know that he said that, but it was misinterpreted oh. when the message got back to me. That's oh. how I interpreted it. Oh, oh. Um, that, that was earlier. But my dad was in the hospital and it looked like he was going to die. So my dad ha- is like one of those people who has come close to death on many occasions, mm-hmm. partially because, you know, he's a drug dealer and all that stuff. Uh-huh. And partially just because he's had some weird experiences. Yeah. Like he sold me stories about girls stabbing him, Ow. people pulling a gun on him and shooting and the gun jamming, all sorts of weird stuff. That is weird. Yeah. And, and I've been there. I remember when I was a little kid and they sent this guy over to, my dad's apartment to beat him up. But anyways, 
this was not that long before you and I met. And my dad's in the hospital and my aunt and uncle go to the hospital every day. Now, these are my aunt and uncle who are super, super religious. Like my uncle, the one who I unfriended on Facebook because like every time I post a political thing, he'd be like, oh, you know, this isn't true. How do you know that? But then when he posts something about Trump and how great Trump is, I'm just giving you some context. And I'd say, well, you know, what about this? And he'd say, oh, that's the devil. He wouldn't explain it. Yeah. So he'd ex- well, he'd explain it by saying it's the devil. No, but he wouldn't actually go into it. Exactly. Okay. And I'm, I'm giving you that context so you know who I'm talking about. Okay. They went there a lot to see my dad. Uh-huh. And the way the story was told to me is that as soon as my dad left the hospital, yeah. instead of hanging out with them, he went right back to uh, that street life. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's, it's, it feels disingenuous to go there and expect a real apology from somebody who's on their deathbed because there's been many times where he's thought that before. And as soon as he's out of the situation, it's like outside. So he never, so he would never, um, he would never actually make up for anything, anything like that. Exactly. Um, or, um, or think about his life after that experience. Right. Okay. But I don't know. I mean, it, it seems to me like there's so much bitterness that you have that you never, you never, um, you never came to grips with. Mm. And it, it just worries me. Mm. To, honestly, it just worries me that you're holding it. You're holding the stuff in. Um, you, I don't know if any of your family knows about the other stuff that you were thinking about, um, going into. I personally think you should at least talk to somebody about it. Oh, I mean, that's just my thing because you don't want to grow a bitter old guy and and um, say you know grow up to um, be an old guy and still have uh, daddy issues. Well, it's not like I talk about my dad every day. We just kind of got down this tangent, right? No, no, I'm just saying it worries me that you still haven't dealt with that. Oh, that's what I'm saying. I have in a lot of ways. Yeah, but you're still angry. Right, because there's just so much, there's a wealth of material there. No, I know that, but I mean, why do you have to keep on being angry about it is what I'm asking. I think part of it too is I perceive things like my dad is still doing well in life. Now, is that necessarily true? No, but that's partially Rick's perception. You know what I mean? So I think of it like there's no consequences for him for his actions. And it's just consequences for the people around him. Like, okay, he's probably maybe 63 or 64 now, Mm -hmm. which isn't old unless you spend most of your life Uh doing hardcore drugs and getting into fights. In which case, you probably look like you're 80-something. Well, in which case, you think that you would be dead. You think you'd be dead, If yeah. that's the majority of her life. Yeah. But he's still alive and, and still, you know, out there doing stuff. So, it, and again, this is my skewed thing. Uh, I know that he's homeless. Uh-huh. And this might be where I go more conservative than maybe even you. I think to myself, yeah, but he put himself in that position and maybe he kind of wants to be there. So, well, I mean, I've always said that there is there is a case by case basis, but you could be right about him. Mm-hmm. 
you could be completely right that he's he put himself there because of his choices. Yeah. And and I understand why you would feel like that. Um, I'm just worried that uh you know, you're you're gonna be a bitter old guy if um if you don't take care of these feelings. Well, here's what we could do, babe. No, I'm not gonna do that, but No, I'm not talking I, anything sexual. I know what Although you're... that would be nice, but no, I have another How? What you were trying to tickle me. Oh I don't no, know your elbow, supposed... your elbow is hurting. Okay. Here's my plan, babes. And I'm not saying we should do this, but if you wanted to, oh, geez, you could track my, down my dad mm. and uh, put him out of his misery and his life. And then that would allow me to know that he's no longer around and I might be able to start to deal with these issues. No, but now, I would not condone that. No. I'm just telling yeah, you. Yeah. And then I end up in prison. <laughs> mm. No, I don't think so, bubs. Oh, I, I'm not in the business of murdering people. <laughs> no, I I would be a terrible hit woman or yes. whatever. No, I I, w- I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to do it. Why are we talking about that? <laughs> I was just it's a possibility, and I don't want you to do that because every life is sacred, right? But it's an option. Uh huh. Uh huh. You say that now? Oh. <laughs> no, no, no. I I I don't want to. I don't want to kill anybody's father. But... Not even mine. No. No, I. And I don't want you to. No, no. I just wanted no. you to know that you and, and do how have. would I? And how would I know who he was? Because, you know, there's... Oh, yeah. I'm not going to go there. Yeah, I, I don't well, even I mean, know where he is, so... Yeah, I know. But how would I know who he was? Because there's the same... You know, there are several people who have the same name as you. And there are several people that have your last name, so... I don't know, babes. <laughs> yeah. What if this comes out on, like, the day he dies... And I post the link to Facebook and people just tell me how, you know, insensitive I am. Well, that's your, that's your thing, bubs. I'm out of that one. You're going to have to deal with that. (laughs) (laughs) I just, and I, and I said, and I would tell you, I would say, I told you what you could do. (laughs) You didn't tell me what I could do. I told you what you could do. No, forgive and forget. That's, that's what I always say to you. No, you don't. I do. No, no, I just, I just, I'm, I just worry that you're, um, uh, I don't know. It's, but do I talk uh, about this all the time or do we just, no, go down you don't talk it? about this all the time, but every time we talk about this, it, it just brings up more stuff and it's like, and I, and I, and I, I mean, I understand that you, um, you know, you may have uh, written something down about it or written. I know you've written him really horrible letters, mm-hmm. but you, it's still to me, it worries me that you you haven't been able to um, move on from it is what I'm trying to say. Oh, it does. It really does. I, I just I mean, there there are some things that my dad uh, has done that I'm not proud of and I'm. I, um, when I think about, if I let myself think about it too much, I get angry about it. But then at the same time, I'm like, you know, what can I do about it? it there's nothing I can do about it. He made it, he made his decisions. My sister has a different dad than I do. Yeah. And I remember I was having dinner with you and her. Yeah. And it was the first time we were all having dinner together. And I won't go into the whole story because there's a lot there. <sighs> but mm. I think Father's Day, no, it was in September, but we'd started talking about dads, and I said that it was super weird that one, my sister kept in contact with her dad because he's an asshole. And 
it's also uh, boggles my mind that you keep in contact with your dad or that you make an effort to. I'm, I'm shocked by that type of stuff. I think women are a little bit more forgiving. I think they are too. But some women, some women are, are, are probably, uh, there are some women that are, that have feelings like, like you do, um, towards their dads. But, mm. but I think that, um, because women, you know, women want their dads to, you know, walk them down the aisle or they want their dads to know their, their grandchildren and, you know, the, the dad's grandchildren and they want, you know, that there's a special place in a woman's heart for her dad. Oh. If they have a good dad or mm. if they want to have a, if they want a relationship with their dad, it's, it's hard. It, it really is, is, it's really, really tough. Um, so, so I, I have a question for you and I know that you don't have kids, but okay. you know people who have kids. Yeah. And you know people who have kids who had shitty dads. Why do women want their horrible dads to know their grandchildren? I, I never got that. I think, I think it depends on the woman too. Not every woman is like that. Yeah, but you know women like that. And I'm curious if you could provide some insight. I don't, well, because we, we operate on emotion. Mm. You know, we're very emotional creatures. You guys are physical creatures. We're emotional creatures. Okay. We like to know what's going on with people around us. But we also, um, you know, we, we, you know, a girl who, um, you know, you know dads are very important in, in a girl's life because they're the first, um, they're the first, the dads are the first exposure to what men are supposed to be. And if you think of it in that way, um, and when a, and when a girl grows up, she wants her dad to be around for the important things. If she has a good dad, that mm-hmm. is. But there are some girls that are willing to, um, you know, willing to, um, to start over with their dads if they, if their dads want to start over. So, um, I think because we are emotional creatures, uh, we want that with our dads. I'm curious. Yeah. If I end up giving you a little bundle of joy, would you want your dad to know his grandchild? Oh yeah, of course. Wow. Of course. Really? Yeah, of course. Wow. I mean, it's, it, it would be a little bit hard because. Um, he's going to be traveling a lot and he has been traveling a lot, but I would, I would like him to know that he has a grandchild if, if I end up having a, a child, but depends on when I, you know, it depends on, um, when it happens because, um, in a few years I may not be able to have kids. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I have any, I don't know. Anyway, I won't go on down that road, but yeah, I would, I would, you know, I, I would. That is so strange to me. Yeah, I don't know why. It, have you ever talked to your sister about that? About how I think it's weird that she keeps in contact with her dad and that she... Have you, I mean, have you ever asked her why? I've asked her why. And she kind of she kind of said the, the same thing. Oh, I want him to know his grandchild. And I'm like, yeah, but that's weird. He's a shitty person. She's like, I know, I know. Um, I, I, I think that I love my sister. And, and in a lot of ways, she's not that emotional. But in that way, I think that she kind of is, uh, because it, it's similar logic to yours. 
Yeah, but I mean, dads are human beings too, right? Mm-hmm. They're not, they're not immortal. They make mistakes. Some dads are good. Some dads are bad. But I think, I think part of my personality too is that I don't like to dwell too much on things because, um, I kind of let things roll off my back. Not that what, what things that my dad has done or not done were good. Because there are things that he's done that were good. There are things that he's done that were bad. And, and also, um, he, there were times where we had that he was a very loving person. So we kind of had, um, a mixture of, uh, two kinds of dads. Yeah. And I don't want to make it sound like my dad beat me or anything like that. Um, but there was like, I hate it when new age people say this. Yeah. There was a lot of emotional abuse, right? Yeah, but that's not a new age thing. That isn't a new age thing. Okay. What do you mean it's not a new age thing? If there was emotional abuse, there was. Yeah, I, that's the way I perceive it. Is there was a lot of emotional abuse. Yeah, that's 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 an actual thing. That's nice. not a new age thing. Nice, nice, nice. No, you can emotionally abuse somebody. Yeah, I need to get with that. Um, what? Well, I mean, in the sense <laughs> that it's hard for me. As, as much new age stuff as I have, it, in some ways, it's still difficult for me to accept the concept of emotional abuse. Um, like I'm, I'm sure some ex-girlfriends would accuse me of not being physically abusive because I'm, I don't roll like that. Well, let, but let of being me, emotionally abusive. Well, let me ask you something. Go ahead. Okay. So you talked about gaslighting and that's never a good thing. Right. Do you, I, I would say, do you think that you're, friend i'll call him the one that you have um not spoken to in a long time because you blocked this person i won't need to say the person's name because i think you know where where i'm going with it don't you think that what he has been doing like um gaslighting and whatever playing guessing games don't you think that would be a form of emotional abuse because i think it would be that's a good way to uh, put it. And in my mind, I would just say, you might want to plug your ears, little J-Lo. I'm giving you the warning. Oh, my goodness. I might gosh. say that that's just him being an asshole. Bubs, you've said it before and I didn't plug my ears. Oh, okay, good. Bubs, I'm not three. Okay. But would it be emotional abuse if he was doing that to a little kid? Uh, maybe, yeah. Yeah, but I think that grown, uh, you know, grown-ups can be emotionally abused like that. Mm. Because... You don't know where this per- where this person is coming from because they never stick to one thing. Yeah. They always change it. It's never stable. I think it's emotional abuse. Wow. I think it's abusive. I really do. I think you it's abuse be, of power. You might be right. That's definitely abuse of power. Well, I think about this too. How many times do people use their power um, for sexual abuse? That's yeah. also a part of, that could possibly also be a part of emotional abuse. I guess you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not a new age thing. I think it really does happen. I believe that um, some of my exes were emotionally abusive in some ways. Oh, I do. If we believe in emotional abuse, there's a good argument that I have been emotionally abusive in previous relationships. Because you're absent? Or because I... Maybe in the past, I, I've said things... That were a little bit too extreme to ex-girlfriends. That could be, that could also be verbally abusive. Verbally too. abusive, yeah. Yeah. 
But you didn't you say that you realized after you um after your breakup with someone that it was possible that you might have verbally abused them? Is that what you were saying? Or you That's happened a couple of times. Okay. Yeah. Um, and again, I don't believe in hitting. I'm nothing like that. So don't get excited and call the cops on me. Um, but at the same time, have I been verbally or emotionally abusive to ex-girlfriends? Mm. If we believe in that stuff, then probably the answer is yes. Well, and here's the thing too, because all, um, girls think that, oh, if he doesn't hit me, I'm okay, right? If it is, if he doesn't hit me, punch me, scratch me, kick me, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's fine, but I think the emotional stuff goes a lot deeper than just the physical stuff. Because I've heard some people say, I'd rather be physically hit than emotionally hurt. Oh, wow. Yeah. You've heard girls say this. I've heard, I heard people say that on shows. Like it's, it's a lot, it's a lot worse to be emotionally abused than just to be physically abused, even though they're, they're both really bad. Here's the thing. I have to play the contrarian. Okay. I wonder how much people are saying that because they believe it versus they're on TV and they know something like that is going to get a reaction. No, I think there are people that actually studied it and they want to um, warn women, especially about the signs of um, abusive behavior. And um, I've taken I've, I've heard about it in, um, you know, in health classes and mm. things like that. So it wasn't like I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, I, I think that, um, you know, I, there are really some women that say that I wish I was, you know, it, it would be better if I was actually hit than if I was, um, emotionally abused every day because, or verbally abused every day. So I think that, um, abusive behavior doesn't just mean hitting, punching, whatever, scratching, and it also um, doesn't mean uh, calling them every name in the book every day, but it also goes deeper with um, uh, gaslighting. And I mean, that's what if you if you really want to talk about like narcissistic behavior, because that's that's what I'm talking about. Like if it goes as deep as a person who has um, narcissism and wants to make everybody believe that you're a horrible person, that's like. That's another form of uh, abuse. I don't think I've ever gotten into like gaslighting girls as much as I've said stuff like, Mm -hmm. you know, you're a horrible person. You never do this. Mm -hmm. And why don't you? And why aren't you getting over this? You're, you're, you're a bad human being. Or, or why did you do that? Oh, wow. And, you know, you really should have acted differently in this situation and gotten in their face and said that. Wow. Type of stuff. Or said, I don't, I don't think I can trust you. And I don't know how anybody ever trusts you. And, and maybe, oh, wow. maybe a few other examples that are, I, I don't really want to get into now because it would make me look like a real asshole. But there have been exes that I've reached out to and apologized. Well, that's too. good. Not every one of them. That is good. There's a, there's a, like one or two more who I can maybe say I'm sorry to about a few things. That's good that you're willing to do that because some guys would not do that. They wouldn't um, apologize for everything. Now, let's also be honest and say I didn't reach out to them and say, I'm sorry I was your emotional attacker or something like that. I said, Hey, I'm really sorry about this behavior. Yeah. And I, I want you to know I no longer engage in it. And one of the reasons is because 
I think of how bad you must have felt. Yeah. And I don't want to be responsible for people feeling like that in the future. Did they ever respond back and thank you for it? I've had people do that, and I've had some who haven't. Okay. Yeah. It's a mixed bag. Okay. And that's fair. Like, the uh, the point of apologizing isn't that the person reaches back to you and and sort of like cosigns on your behavior. The point of it is so at least they know that you're doing something to correct the behavior and maybe on some level that helps them feel better. Oh, yeah, I, I totally agree. Because, um, I mean, when I apologize to someone, I don't always... Um, I don't always expect someone to, um, you know, forgive me right away. Cause, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I've never, I don't remember having that experience where, where somebody wouldn't forgive me right away, but it, it, it may happen. Um, but just to know that, just for them to know that I really am sorry and, you know, I don't expect anything back from you, I think. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. I didn't think we were going to get this deep. Yeah. And I've been emotionally abusive to girls who wanted to date me. Like you have a friend who is super, super into me. And I may have said some stuff to her. And wasn't so kind when I was a lot younger. And, and I, and I do believe in some way she's still holding on to that, but I won't go into that. (laughs) She won't admit it, but I won't go into that. And I don't think I ever apologized to her. Hmm. She doesn't, you know what? What's up? Judging by how she's said stuff um, in regards to you, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like she cared. Yeah, I know, but it's it's also about just being a good person. Yeah, I and, mean, go ahead. Yeah, but you, you, at least you you realize that she still is a human being after all. Um, but it but to me, as far as I'm concerned, when I've talked about you the last time. Right. It didn't seem to phase her that you've even said anything wrong. I don't think mm-hmm. she never brought that up. Um, but she brought up the fact that she used to be really obsessed, which I'm pretty sure she still is, but she won't admit it. Um, <laughs> which <laughs> I, I just couldn't believe she even said that, you know, in front of the person she was with. So I'm just like, Okay, uh, whatever. <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah, right. Okay, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna put that one on me. All right. Uh, I don't know. I, I I'm thinking I don't buy it, but you know, but but to me, in my um my brief observation, um, especially the last time, it didn't seem like it even phased her that that actually happened. I hear you, and it still doesn't make the things I may have said to her in the past right. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yes. But it's really, it really is frustrating to try to be uh, kind to someone that you don't find attractive. You just don't. Well, yes, but I would make something that, I would say something that's even more frustrating Mm -hmm. is when I was growing up, we didn't have terms like emotional abuse. And it was just something that everybody would do to each other. At least in my family. So now I find out years later, uh, you know, that I'm a, an emotionally abusive person. Mm-hmm. And it's like that term didn't, it felt like it didn't exist when I was growing up. I'm sure it did, but I, it wasn't something that was in uh, my consciousness until I was, you know, a little bit older. 
Oh yeah, I've I've known about that, but yeah. I didn't know the extent of it. And then, you know, and then when you you know when you start dating people, like I I really do believe that one of my exes was very um in some ways very emotionally abusive to me because if we were having a problem, and I would come, I would go and tell him, he would say, "No, that's your problem." Mm. I you deal with it and and it wasn't even me that was causing the problem it was him mm. and but we had to deal with it together because i was affected by it and he just kept on doing it so and then he would just lie and cheat and lie and cheat and it was just a vicious cycle so even though i wasn't physically abused by him or anything like that he was very um in some ways, very emotionally abusive, and and, and and it could have gotten worse. Yeah, let's just say that me and a bunch of other guys are lucky that you can't get arrested for emotional abuse. I wouldn't put it that way. You probably could. Okay. I don't know. I don't know how far to an extent it has to be before you get arrested, but I would imagine that it's not, it's, it's not acceptable behavior. No. Doesn't even matter. I mean... I think especially if it's coupled with physical abuse and yeah, oh, you probably course, would get course, arrested. Of course, but I, you know, I wouldn't do but, that. But emotional abuse, I think that needs to be taken a, um, a lot more notice of. Mm. Because I, I mean, yeah, it was a borderline abusive relationship and maybe it was. I think maybe, I mean, I think maybe it was to me. Oh. Yeah. And, um, I think that you're a former friend, uh, is and, and it wasn't just to you, it was to other people as well, I would say. I would venture everybody we know has similar stories about him. I I think that's I think that's emotionally abusive. I really do. Mm. Yeah. Guessing games from anyone doesn't sound very healthy. It's definitely at the very least an abuse of power. It is. Yeah. And it's a waste of your time and it's a waste of everybody else's time it's just like it's almost like chronically being late to something i know um he was like that by the way oh yeah see that that's another thing right chronically being late to something like i remember one of my college professors talking about this and that he um he was explaining to some of the students like you know it's really really bad if you're late because you're wasting my time and you're wasting everybody else's time when we're here to learn something mm -hmm. And, um, it is, and especially if you are a professional and you're supposed to be a professional and you own a business and you're late for meetings with your employees, that's really not good. That's just, it, it's, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it's like you're, it's in consideration. It's not just, um, it's not just, um, uh, selfish, but it's also very inconsiderate. And I think that could also borderline abuse. And I also told you with this person, sometimes this, he wouldn't be late, but oftentimes mm -hmm. he would decide to cancel a meeting and just not tell everybody. Yeah, so see, he'd build the, the meeting up like it was super important. And then I'd go to attend the meeting either in person or by phone and yeah. find out then that it was canceled. Have you ever thought of? Here, here's something that um, I just thought of. Tell me. Have you ever thought of um, 
having taking your uh, your um fellow coworkers aside and saying, "Hey, you know, the next time he um says that there's going to be a meeting, maybe we should not show up." Uh, I thought about that at the time when I was in the situation, but I, I don't think I ever did that. Okay. Yeah. And I'm glad you didn't do that. Thank that would have been real. Cause what if he did show up? Yeah. <laughs> that wouldn't be good. Yes. Has anybody actually talked to him about that? Like, do you realize what you're doing? People have talked to him about being late. I don't know if people have talked to him about just like deciding there wasn't going to be a meeting, but not thinking that it was worth telling everybody. Right. Yeah. That is just so, so inconsiderate. I, I just cannot, I mean, it's inconsiderate to be not just um, late, but to constantly have people guessing as to what you're going to do next because mm -hmm. it's never stable. That's really, really bad. It's just, um, it's not good. It's not healthy. No, it's not. It's a very um, inhospitable environment. Yes. Or whatever you call it. Not healthy. I don't think his business is doing as good, though. Mm. So, uh, you know, that's what happens. Sometimes. Did you say you came up with the idea of that? Or no, no, no. I, I didn't come up with the idea. Okay. Yeah, I just I just don't get it. Like, But he didn't come up with it either. Oh, okay. He did it? No. Oh. Did he, did he take it from someone else? I want to say more, but it would probably give away who the person was. That's fine. Uh, but he got it someplace else. Ah, yeah. okay. Um, yeah, it's just not good for any professional to do that because it's very unprofessional. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also, um, it, it's just not a good life skill, whether or not you're working with somebody or not to, to say stuff like that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But that's why he's been doing his business for well over a decade and you know it is where it is and he's the only one who can make a living off of it mm -hmm. and you know there, there are limits to what he can do with it because people just don't want to work with him uh -oh. yeah it, it, it's fun for a little while and then it gets really weird it certainly does. Yes. Oh. We're going to get him in a room with your dad. <laughs> and we're going to send your dad and uh, my ex-boss slash friend <laughs> to go and see my dad when he's on his death. <laughs> yeah, do that for me, would ya? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, and then they don't show, show up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sorry. I know you wanted us to do this, but uh, we actually ended up doing something else. Right. <laughs> we went to see a movie instead. <laughs> we went to a steakhouse. Right. <laughs> that would be kind of funny. Oh, gee, oh. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Anyway, that got pretty deep. I like that, though. Yes. yes. We're going to call this episode, What's Good, Daddy? No. Oh, my goodness. What do you think about that title? I'll let you know at the end of it. Oh, my goodness. We might not call it that. I don't know. No. No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that, that reminds me of that one movie that we saw with um, Sidney Poitier, um, Blackboard Jungle. Yeah. Yeah. When, when they the called him daddy -A. Well, his last name was daddy uh, but they called him daddy -O. I'm like, oh, yeah. wow. Duh. Because it was in the 50s, mm -hmm. you know? They called him daddy -O. I'm like, 
I never got the whole daddy-o thing. I didn't either. Maybe that was like a jazz that was. term. But I didn't get why people called people daddy-o. I know. <laughs> I don't get that. I might have to research that a little bit. Yes. 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 You're reading a book about the 50s. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. One page a week. No. No, go ahead. No, 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 no. This is the, I'm, I'm very close to getting into the, um, the craziness of his time traveling, uh, time. We are talking about the Stephen King classic, 112263. Yes. Um, yeah. So it's, uh, so he's trying to figure out, well, how am I going to do this? Because what if it doesn't work out? Um, Al, who's one of the main characters, tells Jake, well, if it doesn't work out, then you'll just go back to um, 1958. <laughs> September 9th, 1958. Because time resets itself every time you go back into the portal. Yep. Every two minutes. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it, cause, and he always said, uh, every trip is a first trip. And every time is the first time you meet somebody. But he did mention uh, the guy with the yellow card. That's going to come up later. Yeah, but he said, but the but the the guy with the yellow card knows something else. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Yes. Yeah. I was surprised that you didn't know who Jack Ru- uh, Ruby was. No, I heard his name. Okay. I just couldn't remember what he did. Oh. No, no, I, I've I've heard his name. Oh, good. Yeah. Yes. 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 But when you told me about um, Lee, I won't go too far into it, but Lee Harvey Oswald and his wife, Mm -hmm. you told me that Stephen King consulted somebody, some historians about that, right? Yeah, he talked to Joris Kearns Goodwin, who worked... I believe in the Johnson administration, but she's also a, an historian who's written some pretty good books. Uh-huh. She wrote The Bully Pulpit, which is the one I read, but she read, she wrote another book that I heard is really good, uh, that I keep meaning to read called Team of Rivals. Oh, wow. Uh, and I've, I have a friend who's a big fan of her work. Was The Bully Pulpit about, um, about people like Jim Jones? No, it's actually about, uh, Teddy Roosevelt. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah, it's it was an interesting book. Huh. She's a good writer. Wow. Yeah. So it was t- about Teddy Roosevelt's um, administration. Well, him and uh, his vice president who, uh, you know, in, in their relationship and all that stuff. Oh, interesting. If I'm remembering the book right. Okay. Yeah. There was one movie that I can't remember what it was called that I watched in my U.S. history class. And I really enjoyed it. And it was a it was a movie about Roosevelt and how he created the um he talked about the Roosevelt slide. I don't know what that there, is. Well, he created a he was figuring out a way to walk because he had polio, if you remember. Was that FDR or was that Teddy? Was it? T- oh, 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 wait. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I think that might have been FDR. I'm sorry. That's right. I keep getting the Roosevelts confused. Um, I believe that was FDR, and we saw an old movie about him. Um, I wish they picked a different woman to play his wife because his, his, her voice was just really like annoying, mm. but it was a good movie when I saw it and I couldn't remember what the title was. It was, it was, uh, FDR, not Teddy Roosevelt. FDR was the one who had polio. Teddy Roosevelt, I don't know if you knew this, but the teddy bear was named after him. I did know that. And I think we talked about it here. We might have. Yes. When you get a teddy bear, 
Think of Teddy Roosevelt. Okay. Anyway. Yes. But it was a good movie. Um, one of the things that I remember, and tell me if I'm repeating this. Go ahead. When I went to D.C. the second time, and we were looking at the memorials, we went to the FDR memorial, and there was this huge dum- jumbo braille stuff. Yeah. With his programs on it. You did talk about that. It was huge. Mm-hmm. I For a while, I wasn't able to read it because it was too big. And my friend got what it was talking about. I'm like, how can you read that? It's so huge. But it was it was pretty cool to see that. DC has a lot of cool stuff if you're interested in American history. Yeah. Um, did you guys ever go to the um, Smithsonian? No, I wanted to, though. But there just wasn't enough time because I was only there for three and a half days. I saw a lot of stuff, though, when I was there. Yeah, I went there once when I was um, the first time I went there when I was nine the the other thing I went to was the um the Air and Space Museum. I did go there. And we went to the Discovery Center. That's kind of cool. So I went there by myself, and uh, I didn't know my way around, but I I did go there. I spent some time there. The Lincoln Memorial, the Vietnam Memorial, the World War One Memorial, the uh, Washington Monument, and a few other places. I would have loved to have gone to the Washington Monument. There's a lot of stairs. Yeah. A lot of stairs. Um, but we never ended up going there. Um, the Lincoln Memorial was really interesting. It is really interesting. And it's right there at the Capitol. Mm-hmm. Um, and there has, I remember it because there's like this dip, um, where the memorial was. Yeah. There's like a little dip. Um, that was cool. Um, uh, the Iwo Jima Memorial was very, very chilling. I don't think I saw that one. Yeah, that was really sad. There was um, a statue of a mother um, holding a baby, and the, I think it was a baby or a, a child, and the child was um, dead. Wow. Yeah, really powerful. A lot of people don't think that we needed to use the nuclear bombs. Mm-hmm. And I know that Iwo Jima isn't, they didn't use nuclear bombs there, but I'm guessing... You know, I don't, I don't know where I'm going with this. Oh, my goodness. I remember reading a book when I was, I think I was 11 years old. Go on. And it was about this lady named um, Sadako Sasaki. Did you ever read that book called Sadako and the Thousand Paper Cranes? We've talked about it here. Did we? Yeah. Okay. I did. I, I had a teacher read it to me. Ah. The teacher read it to little class. That was a good book, but very sad. It was very sad. Yeah. Because it wasn't even her fault. No. Like, she was born after it. Yeah. Yeah. She didn't realize how affected she was by the atom bomb until she got leukemia. Wasn't even her choice. It wasn't her choice. Yeah, it was very sad. Yeah. I, I do, and we've had this discussion before, wonder about the idea of a loving God when so many people are born into situations that are just so far out of their control. Well, and a lot of people ask that question. Mm-hmm. But I honestly think, and I know I'm going to sound very, um, <laughs> it's going to sound very cliche, but I think it does ring true. Um, I think there's always a reason why God puts people in those situations, whether, um, it's, whether it's, um, by their own choosing or whether they were just born into that situation. Mm. And it really depends on how that time is spent. So when you say by your own choosing, do you think, but you don't think that you existed in any form before you were here. So is maybe times different up there? Uh, or no, I think I'm talking about like if a, if a grown up were in that situation. Yeah. But like, let's say 
We know, for instance, uh, there's been women who were kidnapped mm -hmm. and sex slaves, and they've mm -hmm. had kids as sex slaves. Let's say you're one yeah. of those kids who was born to a mom who's like a sex slave, and yeah. you just spend your entire life in pain. Well, I think it's, um, I, I don't, I mean, it's not the, the child's fault by any means, yeah. but it's because of that, it's because of their mother's choices or their father's choices that they were in that situation. I could go with you there, but how does the child benefit from being in that situation? I'm not saying that they benefit from okay. it, but I'm saying, you know, how is their time spent there? Did, were they able to leave that situation? Were they able to find someone who was able to, um, be a source of comfort to them? Because I've heard stories. I've, I've heard many, many stories of women and men that were in really abusive situations. Mm -hmm. And there was one person or maybe there was a couple or a family that came alongside of them and said, you know what? Um, we really know how in pain you are and we want to show you the love of God. And we don't think that it's fair that you're in a, in a situation like that. So we want to, we want to show you a different way of, of seeing things. I've heard many stories about that. So what I mean by time well spent, I wonder if these kids who grew up in... And it, or it could a, be a kid who was born in the concentration camp. Too. Oh, yeah. I mean, it. it there are so many things that I've heard that um, it might have been just one person who has... Um, <laughs> that sneezed. Um, oh. Excuse me. One person who has come alongside of them and understood their pain and said, you know, I want to help you. I've heard so many stories about that. So just because um, somebody was in a situation like that, um, uh, I think that um, it's not like it doesn't have to be a, a life sentence, in my opinion. And. That's what I kind of mean by, um, uh, I don't know if I'm even getting, well, making any sense. I'm going to interrupt you and let me give you an example. Let's say a baby is born in the concentration camp yeah. and tortured and then dies. What was the point for that baby being there? I don't know. I don't know. Mm. I can't answer that question. Okay. Um, you know, there were some babies that never made it out of the womb and they, were either born, they were either stillborn, they were either miscarried, or they were killed before they even entered out of the womb because of people's choices. Some people have chosen to do that to this baby. So it's not that, um, I'm sure that God would not have wanted that to happen, but it did happen. But couldn't God, babes, mm -hmm. step in and say, Every woman who's going into a concentration camp is going to be infertile only or infertile in, you know, the months leading up to it and the time there, just so like a baby doesn't have to be born and die in that situation. Well, I'm sure he could do that. But here's the thing, Bob. Go ahead. Here's the thing that I'm, I'm, I, I don't know if you understand. Um, he's still in control of that situation, even if they don't see it. Mm. And it's hard for us as human beings to understand it. But, um, but if, but I think that because he knows what's going on, even if a child dies, 
he's there to comfort that woman or that man or, or the family. Um, even if that child goes away, like, like there's a, well, let me give you a story. Tell me. You've heard the story about King David where he, um, he, uh, has an affair with, um, this woman named Bathsheba. Yeah. He, um, has her husband killed. Yeah. They, um, she finds out that she's pregnant. They get married. She has a baby, but God says, you're going to have this baby, but that baby's going to die. Mm-hmm. Okay. The baby dies. But, um, and David knew about it because, um, you know, he heard, he heard from God that that was going to happen. And, um, he, uh, was, had to deal with that sin that he committed because that led him to what happened to his child. He went on, of course, to have other kids like, you know, Solomon, that was his, um, uh, Solomon was, um, the, the, the son that would be king after him. Um, and he, he, um, you know, if you think about it in modern times, his, uh, his kingdom was, was now tarnished because of it. Mm. But he, um, he was known as, the man after God's own heart, even though he committed that sin with Bathsheba, even though, um, two of his kids were, um, one of the, one of his children died from his, uh, son. And I won't get it, get into that story. Okay. And then his other son tried to kill his own father. And, um, and even, um, King Saul or Saul at the time wanted to kill him. So there was other people that wanted to kill him. And, um, um, so those, those were, those were, um, consequences of his own actions. And, uh, but I, I do think that that story is a story of, um, God still being in control of that situation, even though, even though David may not have been able to see it earlier on. I hear you, but I think from the baby's perspective, if you're born into a life of complete pain and you have no control and you're just there on earth to experience pain, why is that? Well, I'm, I'm just, I, what I'm saying is it's not that I, I personally don't think that, that God wanted that baby to be in pain, but it was because it may have been because of the choices that the parents made. And again, I just go by well, if God knows that a baby is going to be born and just experience pain in this lifetime. Why doesn't he just make the mother infertile? So, or, or at least for the period of time that I, that baby would be alive. I, I can't. Before. I can't answer that question. Oh. I can't answer that question because I don't know what God was thinking at the time. If, um, if that situation were to happen, I can't answer the question because, um, I don't understand it. Mm. I, I can't answer the question. That's fair. Um, but I also think that the reason why people suffer and a lot of people would say, well, why would a loving God want to do that? Why would they, why would he allow it? A lot of times it's because of, um, people's actions and that we are, um, we are, this is a fallen world that we live in. And a lot of our actions are caused because of our sinful nature. I hear you, and I would make the argument I can go with that to some extent. But when it comes to some people who only know suffering in this life, that seems to me a little bit like, oh, that's not good. Yeah, but but you're assuming that you know because we don't we don't know what happens to 
we don't know because we're not in that situation. So mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's only, we're only, um, assuming that that would happen. So I, I don't, I, I really can't answer those questions. Oh. Um, but a lot of the suffering is because of our own selves. Yeah. For the ones who make it out of childhood and who aren't in complete pain every moment of their existence. No, 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 no. I mean, I mean, some of the pain is caused by ourselves. Yeah. For sure, for sure. And, and some of the, and even the death of a child is caused by, um, the sins of the father and the mother. Right. But again, I go to that act, the thought of, we'll just make the parents infertile on, you know, the time period of when they would have conceived. And you're all, you're not all good, but the kid doesn't have to suffer. But I, I can't, you know, that's, that's not up to any of us. I don't know. And that's fair, but I would just question why. Oh my god. I don't know why, and neither do you. I don't know why either. In the book Embraced by the Light, which is Oh, James Bond Ben Prague? No, no, no. That's uh Edie somebody. That was the book that my mom was really Oh, that's the one where she, this lady was like she's had this um experience where she went to heaven or something. Yeah. Oh. And yeah. Something tells me a lot of it is made up. But it I sounds to me like it, yeah. I listened to the audiobook when I was 10 and my mom was really into it. But in the book, she says that spirits choose to go to earth to learn a lesson. And so that would explain why a baby would be born with cancer because that baby's here to learn something about pain or whatever. That's a little bit out there. And yeah, and she gives the example in the book about like she met some spirit. Who was trying, and again, I think the last time I listened to it was in 93 or 94. Oh, yeah. But the spirit was trying to get their parents to meet so that this person could be conceived, even though the spirit knew that it was going to die six hours after its birth. What? Yeah, because the spirit wanted to experience something here on Earth. Did she interview somebody about that? No, she's telling her experience. That's a little bit out there. Or what she claims to be. What happened to her that's, when she allegedly died? That's like really out there. That is out there. I'm like, okay, how would, so, so I'm thinking, I'm thinking myself, right? As I'm listening to you tell me that. Mm. So some spirit who was going to die uh, six hours later. After they were born. After they were born is trying to get the parents together. Yes. That's really weird. I don't know how that would happen. But then I think if there is an afterlife. There's a reasonable chance in my head that we as spirits exist outside of time. But I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Uh-oh. As I burp. Yeah. Uh, So who knows, babes? Yes. Yes. But you exist in time, babes. That's right. You'll be the only one. We'll all exist outside of time and... Oh my goodness, Bob. What? Oh, I love you. goodness. I love you, babes. Uh-oh. You also don't believe in parallel universes or alternative realities. No, not really. Oh. I think it's fun to think about, but I don't think that's real. I hope it is, because I think that I, stuff is super cool. Yeah, but you've been watching a lot of sci-fi stuff, Bubs. I do watch a, a fair amount of that stuff. Yeah, I mean, we're not living in the Star Trek universe. As far as you know. Ah! But maybe there is. Ah, what? <laughs> as long as it's not the Star Trek Discovery universe, I'm cool. Uh, no. I'd rather live in the TOS universe. 
the TOS universe? The original series. Oh, I see. Okay. And, and, uh, and, uh, TNG and all that. DS9. DS9. Yeah. New Star Trek. Everything I've seen of it kind of sucks. Yeah, I know. We've, we've known that, Bubs. We've okay. said it many times. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It feels like really, really drunk fan fiction that somebody just wrote the night before. Drunk fan fiction. Yeah. Okay. Like somebody who <laughs> barely knows the show takes a bet to write an episode of Star Trek or a new series on Star Trek. And they write it over the course of one night. That's what new Star Trek feels like to me. Oh, my goodness. But what do I know, babes? I'm just a man who's been a fan of the franchise for 30 years and who has studied these characters. Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. I don't know, bub. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't think they should have made a reboot, honestly. No. Or, a, or not a reboot, but a sequel. And they're not taking Star Trek anyplace new. It's the the new show is about Captain Pike, right? What what, what when did Cap Captain Picard or Captain Pike? Well, there's two. There's a few shows on the air. One is about Captain Picard as an older man, and he's not even an older man. Captain Picard died in the first season, oh. so now he's a robot. Oh, that's weird. It is weird. So you're not watching the real Captain Picard, and okay. there's a show about Captain Pike. And Captain Pike was a character in the very first episode of Star Trek, which later got edited into a, a great two-parter of the original series called The Menagerie. So so what they're doing is they're recycling storylines. They're recycling storylines and characters, and they're making the universe smaller. So I only watched the first season of mm -hmm. Picard, uh -huh. and there's... One of the main characters is Jerry Ryan, who's basically playing a version of Seven to Nine. Yes. And we already saw her on Voyager. Yeah. And in the prequel series, which are like Discovery and uh, the new Captain Pike show, yeah. they're always running into characters from T from TOS. Yeah. Like I've, I haven't watched um, Strange New Worlds, which is the Captain Pike series. But I've heard that, like, one of the characters is related to Khan, Nooney, and Singh. And there's, like, a young Yahora on the ship. That's weird. Um, And I know on... Obviously, Spock is going to be on there because he served with Captain Pike. But I heard that he's also on Discovery. And that they made Spock dyslexic. Which what? Spock doesn't need to be dyslexic. He's already an outsider because he's half human and half Vulcan. You don't uh -huh. need to add this other stuff to it. So... Mm -hmm. I've only seen like part of Discovery and I wasn't too impressed. Uh, Picard is just awful. Wow. And it feels like they're running out of idea. One of the ideas, one of the cool things about Star Trek uh -huh. is it was such a big universe. Once in a while, you'd run into somebody you know, but for the most part, you're meeting new people and you're yeah. discovering these new characters. So it wasn't like how, um, how brilliant, um, Deep Space Nine was. Exactly. After I saw it and I, and, you know, granted, when I was a kid, I didn't, I wasn't a, really a Star Trek fan, and yeah. I, a lot of people liked it, and, um, and so you were really the only one that that really wanted me to get into Deep Space Nine with you, mm -hmm. and it's really good. Yep. And so is TNG. I mean, we haven't watched a lot of TNG, but what I what we've watched together was really good. Yeah, my holy trinity 
is the original series, oh, the father, the a TNG, the son, and Deep Space Nine, the Holy Ghost. Oh, Bubs, come on. And oh, what, babes? Don't be blasphemy. I'm not. And I consider the 1970s animated series to be an extension of the father because it had the same cast with the exception of Walter Koenig and the same writers that wrote on the original series. So. Blasphemy. Why? Blasphemy. Why? That's not blasphemy. Is it blasphemy? Oh, it is. It's not, not. a holy twenty. Uh, it is a holy twenty. There's only one love, and it isn't Star Trek. Oh my goodness. Star Trek, no. What else? Star Trek, no. Oh my goodness. But, I, I I do enjoy some of the shows that I do. Yeah, I I like a little bit of Voyager, but to me, the three first shows, and I, and again, I'm counting the animated series as part of the original series. That to me is core Star Trek. Everything else is just like, yeah. I could go with I I I get the argument that Voyager is core Star Trek too. So maybe I'd say those are my favorites, and we can also count in Voyager. Uh, Everything after Voyager feels like a bad imitation. How long was um the Star Trek animated series? Year and a half, I think. Wow, not that long. Yeah. Well, when you told me that they had the same cast and they had the same effects. And well, the same writers. Or the same writers. and But it was just, what was the animated series like a half hour? Yeah. It feels like an unofficial shorter fourth season of the original show to me. Nice. Mm. Yeah, we Yes. And uh, of course, I love a lot of the Star Trek books. Uh, yes. Very good. Yeah. Vanguard is great. Uh, Empire of Sorrows. There's a lot of other good ones. The too. um, the one book you read about um, Klingon. <laughs> oh, the Klingon dictionary. The Klingon dictionary. I was a kid. Oh, none. Oh my goodness. That's what you said. Yes, but anyways, <laughs> you got a Star Trek lecture, babes. Okay. How do you feel about that? I don't know. Oh, oh, and we didn't count the movies, but you know they're an extension of the TV show, so okay. they're like if if. Those three books are the Bible. They're like uh, Galatians, the movies. Galatians. I don't know. <laughs> some of the movies are hit and miss, but they're they're like, they're like the, they're like the some of the old test are the New Testament books. Is that what you're, you're talking yeah. about? The yeah. Gospels. And I and I stopped <laughs> counting the movies after the Next Generation films. We're not oh, counting the other ones. Goodness. And apparently, they're going to come out with a new Star Trek movie in like a year or two. Yeah, I've been hearing about the the films, but I never really got into that. There are some that are really good. And then there's some that kind of suck. At some point I do want to uh, show you the trilogy Mm. in the Star Trek movies, which is Rathacon search for Spock and the voyage home. Oh, wow. That's a really good trilogy. And I, I think you can still call it a trilogy, even though it's in the series of the movies. So there's a film before then. And there's like three movies with the original cast after that. And who's Khan? Khan, we meet in Spacey, and he was a man from Earth who was, like, super bright, very uh, physically impressive, and he took a crew from Earth in 2024, Mm -hmm. and they froze himself and went into suspended suspended animation, Mm -hmm. and Kirk and the crew discover them and release them out of suspended animation. They drop him off at a colony. And like 15 years later, he has a beef with Kirk. And so he comes back to get the crew. 
Uh, and the movie's really good. We'd, we probably want to watch Space Seed to prepare for that, though. Space Seed is a movie. Sp- Space Seed is the episode where we first meet Khan, who is played by Ricardo Montalban. And this is in, uh, what Star Trek? Star Trek? That's the original show. Oh, okay. Rathacon is the second movie. Okay. And Search for Spock is a sequel. And then obviously The Voyage Home is when they wrap the trilogy up. And is this, um, these movies, were they in the 70s? No, the movies, well, the first film, Star Trek The Motion Picture, came out in December of 1979. But Rathacon is 82. I want to say Search for Spock is 84. Ah. And then The Voyage Home is 87. And they were all excellent movies, you said. They're all excellent. They're all good. I think that the, I think Rathacon and Voyage Home are excellent. And I think that The Search for Spock has a lot of good stuff in it. Okay, but it's not as good as the other two. It's not as good as the other two, but there's good stuff in it that's worth seeing. Where was Spock missing? See, if I told you that, oh. it would it would kind of ruin things. Okay. We'd have to watch Rapicon, and that would explain where Spock was at. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Because and here's the thing: if I told you, it would rob you from the experience of Rapicon a little bit too. Okay. Um. So yeah. Okay. Yes. That's fine. But people who know know, okay. and that's all I'm going to say about that. Oh, okay. Yes. That's fine. That's fine, babes. That's fine. Yeah. And then the TNG had some good films too, so. But if we, if we watch Star Trek movies, we're starting off with the trilogy. Ah. Yes. Yes. How do you feel about that there, J-Wolf? That would be interesting, Bubby. There we go there, J-Wolf. There we go there. And of course, we don't even have to look for them on streaming because of course your man has the the films with the original crew and the TNG films. So mm. your man thinks ahead of himself, babes. Okay. Yes. Because you're a Star Trek fanatic. I'm not Star a Trek fanatic. No, there are people who are way more into it than that. Really? You, oh, yeah. you know a lot more about the the original series, Next Generation, Deep Space Nine. You know more about that than I know than anybody else that I know. No, there are people who are, who take it way more seriously than I do. I am a huge fan, though. Do they collect all the toy stuff, like the phasers and the... And the starship The communicators. Yeah, they do all that stuff. The replicators. Mm -hmm. Do they have toy replicators? I don't think they have toy replicators, but they have toy starships. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. So they just collect it for um, collector's items? Pretty much. Oh, wow. Yes. But uh, I I am a fan, and it is my holy trinity. The the phasers, are they like guns? They look like guns? No, they're, it's hard to explain what they look like. They're oddly shaped, but they're, you know, the equivalent of guns. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. It's good stuff there, J-Wo. Good stuff there, Bubba. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Babes. Yeah. We've talked about a lot of stuff. We did. Is there anything else you want to discuss before I tell you my dream? Um... I don't think so. (laughs) I don't think I do. Mm -mm. Here's what happened when I fell asleep this morning. Okay. I dreamt that I was hanging out with some friends or a friend and their friends. And they had read this book about this family during the Civil War. So I start asking questions 
And they joke about how hard the war was on this family. Mm-hmm. I get into a conversation with one of my friend's friends, and she asked me why I was so passionate or why I was reading this book. And right. then I woke up, and I had slobble on my face. I was slobbling, boy. Uh-oh. I yes. hate when that happens. I do, too. Especially if you have long hair, because that's happened to me where I would wake up from a dream, or maybe it was from my sleep, and I would get uh, drool in my hair. Nice. Lucky. Awkward. Awkward. Well, that happened. Oh, good. Slobble, slobble. Oh. I wonder if dogs wake up with slobber on their, um, they probably don't. No, I, I would imagine they would once in a while. Dogs are fun to watch when they're sleeping because hmm. they have these little doggy dreams and all of a sudden you hear them go whoop. Nice. And they, and they, um, they act like they're chasing something and they're, um, they're flailing their, um, their arms and their, <laughs> Their paws, yeah, <laughs> like they're like they're tracing after squirrels or another oh, dog. Oh. It's really funny. <laughs> you kind of nice. wonder what they're doing. Nice, nice. Yeah, it's it's quite funny. Oh, good. Um, yeah, doggies are cute that way. Nice. Well, babes, is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Um. Um. I don't think so. Um. Well, the only thing is that I'm glad that I got everything on my grocery list. Mm-hmm. And uh, the people that delivered it to me were uh, really nice people. They were. Yeah, and I'm glad that you went with me because I don't know if I would have been able to find them. Oh, my goodness. No, I'm serious. Yes. How would I know it was them? I don't know, babes. Yes. But uh, they were really, really nice. Oh, good. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I had a delivery yesterday, and the guy was super cool. Very good. Yes. And and he was in your he was on your floor? He came up to my floor as I was leaving my unit. Oh. Yeah. Really nice. Yeah, yeah. I guess I, I, I should have put that in the in the um in my cart, but that I didn't know um put what in your cart? The bag. Oh, the groceries, yeah. But at the same time I didn't know, you know, that it you know, I only bought like twelve items, so mm-hmm. I didn't know um how it was going to be, and I thought, oh, maybe you should just go with me. Oh, yeah, oh, good. And it worked out. It did. It did. It did, Oi. Yes. Next time I'll take a cart. Very good, babes. Yes. All right, babes. Unless there's anything else you want to say. I don't think so. All right. Well, all right. let's go ahead. Uh, all I have to say before we go is that we talked about a lot of deep things, which I never thought we were gonna get into today, but. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yes. All right, babes. Okay. Bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.